You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Once again, the front row is here in the man cave. Fritzy is joining us via Zoom. You can join us in a variety of ways. Dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle, at dpshow. What if Arizona won last night? Or better put, what if the Rams lost last night? What would we be talking about today? Oh, the Rams went all in on Matthew Stafford. They overpaid for him. But instead, the Rams look really good. And the Rams are going to Tampa. And the Rams are in great position to knock off Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Because if Tom's favorite lineman, the all-pro Tristan Wirfs, is not able to play, boy, now all of a sudden Aaron Donald and Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, you might have a bigger impact than uh, you were planning on. Plus, the offense is what I loved. I love the approach. I don't need Matthew Stafford to throw 35 or 40 times. If I can get a balanced attack there, and I thought last night it was a little bit more towards the running side than it was the passing side, even though I have Odell Beckham and Cooper Cup, and Beckham was great last night. Cooper Cup with a touchdown. You know, you're just asking your offense to keep drives alive. Uh, you know, milk some of the clock because when that defense comes on the field, you want them to make plays and, you know, have an impact there. And certainly against Tom Brady in Tampa, putting pressure on him, you've already beaten him once. And now with what's at stake, you've got a chance, a great chance. Now, I know the betting line started at two and a half. It went up to three, but that wouldn't scare me. Even though I would never bet against Tom Brady, if you look at the Rams with the way they're playing, I just need to know if they can put back-to-back good games together. That's been my big question with this team. As for Arizona, we've been talking about this. It seems like the last six weeks, eight weeks, they went from everybody's uh, like darling here and uh, Cliff Kingsbury, maybe coach of the year, but this is what they do. They have this pattern. And I remember at the halfway point or a little past that, we were talking about Arizona. I said, I still don't know about them. Because we had MVP candidate and Kyler Murray and Coach of the Year candidate and Cliff Kingsbury. And at the end of the year, neither did their job. Neither looked like they were worthy of uh, mention with uh, those awards there. Rams were the better team last night. I just didn't know that they were that much better than Arizona. They dominated them. Here's uh, Cliff Kingsbury post-game. There's only one way to experience playoff football, and that's to go through it. And unfortunately, we, we didn't you know, play our best game. And, and I thought L.A. played a great game, had a great plan, and, and outplayed us and outcoached us. Um, but I think you just got to go through these moments and learn from it and grow from it and use it as motivation. Here's Kyler Murray after the loss. Prepare our week off season, you know, to, to be where we are. And then, uh, you know, the game, the game wasn't competitive at all. So it's disappointing that we didn't... Uh, you know, didn't make it a game, you know, and, and come out and play the football we know we're capable of playing. That's really the most disappointing part. And I can say, okay, you didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. And, yes, he is a still an elite wide receiver. But I, I is your team just based off DeAndre Hopkins? Because if that's the case, you're in trouble. you got to be a little bit more multidimensional than that. But they were non-threatening. I mean, that's really what it came down to. Last night, they were non-threatening. Uh, But I did like what I saw with the Rams. The players that you need to make plays did make plays. 
I don't want to put all of this on Matthew Stafford. I don't want to rely on Matthew Stafford. I just need him to do a couple of things. First of all, we don't need turnovers. Second of all, you know, get as many people involved in the offense as possible. And if you have two running backs now, and Cam Akers and Sony Michelle, I love that. And you got defensive players who can make an impact. And that is going to make them a difficult out. Uh, I still lump them in with the Cowboys because I thought you got all of this star power. Can you be consistent? Can you win back-to-back playoff games? Well, the Cowboys couldn't win their first game. But for the Rams, it was a big, big win last night. Poll question for hour two, Paulie. I got the results from hour one. Okay. Very creative. Which team felt the least playoffish this weekend? Mm. The Eagles at 40%, Steelers 17%, and uh, the Raiders only 3%. The Raiders put up a good fight. Wait, what about the New England Patriots? Patriots, 14%. Cowboys, only 7%. Okay. That's kind of- no, the, the Cowboys, to me, should have won that game, and, and they should be threatening. Um, and I guess the Cowboys, you know, Jerry Jones and his son are all in on Mike McCarthy moving forward. And now it comes down to that tricky game of who are we going to lose? Kellen Moore is going to be interviewing for openings. He's the offensive coordinator. And you're going to have... Uh, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is probably going to be the number one candidate for the Denver Broncos. But he, he did. He was a head coach before with the Falcons. You may lose both your offensive and defensive coordinator. Like, this was the year. This was the year. Now, I know Green Bay's great. Um, I think Tampa can be had. This, is, this was your year. With, with two good coordinators there, you've got star power, you got young players making an impact, and you gotta you got to get past the opening round there with the Niners. Yes, you can. If the Broncos hired Dan Quinn, does that help or hurt their chances of getting Aaron Rodgers? Or does that even factor in? I don't know if it factors in. I don't know. A lot of things have to play out here. You know, what happens this weekend against the Niners or in the NFC title game or a Super Bowl? You know, I, I thought Aaron would come back this year. I didn't think he'd be back for next year. It's like Russell Wilson was going to be back this season. I didn't think he was going to be back for next season. I don't know how those play out, but it feels like if I'm Seattle or I'm Green Bay, if you want to leave, then we want you to go to the AFC. And Denver would probably be. I, well, I go back to the when they traded Von Miller, and I was told by a source they wanted draft picks. They want to trade draft picks to Green Bay. Green Bay doesn't want players. Green Bay wants draft picks. And the way they draft, that's why Green Bay wants draft picks. And do I think Aaron Rodgers, win or lose, is out of there? I still get that feeling. Although, I wouldn't want to go into the AFC West. I'd certainly want to stay in the NFC North. Uh, The Office is streaming now exclusively on Peacock. Whether you know every quote or you're a newbie to Scranton, make sure that you uh, ring in the new year with season four superfan episodes featuring completely new scenes and extended cuts. Sign up at PeacockTV.com to stream now. We'll get to phone calls coming up. I mentioned that uh, the Raiders parted ways with their general manager, Mike Mayock, yesterday, and that completes the clean sweep of uh, Mayock, John Gruden, and uh, the Raiders have had a lot of poor publicity in recent years. They made headlines, Henry Ruggs, uh, Damon Arnett, Gruden, Antonio Brown, and publicity for all the wrong reasons. And the Gruden-Mayock tandem brought some good football to Vegas. But 
whether uh, the team was going to have issues, whether that's on Gruden or Mayock, we'll never know. But as the leaders of the franchise, they were inevitably held accountable. And so now the search begins for a new GM, and that usually means the search begins for a new head coach. The new GM is going to want to bring in his own guys, start fresh, and maybe maybe Derek Carr is there for the taking as well. I'm looking at head coaching odds right now. The number one candidate for the Jags is Bill O'Brien. Now, this is Vegas saying this. I, I don't know how the teams feel about this, but this is just by Vegas. So Jacksonville, Bill O'Brien. Doesn't seem inspiring. Byron Leftwich. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. Uh, the Dolphins, the number one candidate is uh, Brian Dable of uh, the Buffalo Bills. Brian Flores, formerly of the Dolphins, is tops on the Bears list, according to Las Vegas. Minnesota Vikings, as I mentioned last hour, I was told that Eric Bieniemy felt like he was the leading candidate right now. Vegas has him installed as the uh, top choice. Brian Dable is second there. Doug Peterson is third. Kellen Moore is uh, distant fourth. The Houston Texans, former Patriot Jared Mayo, Gerard Mayo, the uh, former linebacker. Wow. He's had a meteoric rise Yeah, here. young guy. Gerard Mayo, uh, Josh McDaniels is second on the list, and then Ryan Flores. Is there a chance that if Eric Bieniemy doesn't get the Vikings job, he's not going to get a head coaching job? Now, he's second on the Dolphins list as well. So if Brian Dable, now this is according to Vegas, if Dable would you know, happen to take the Vikings job, uh, then Bieniemy might be the guy or vice versa. But I think Eric Bieniemy might be the clubhouse leader with the Minnesota Vikings. But this is just according to Las Vegas. Uh, a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, let's see. Nick in Ohio. Hi, Nick. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, hey, Dan. Uh, I called a few weeks ago. Uh, Got to get to that. But uh, first, uh, how about my Bengals, man? Yep. I was 40 years. I'm 40 years old. I was nine. The last time we won a playoff game, it's been a long 31 years, but uh, we finally uh, exercised the demons with uh, Bo Jackson. We're sorry, Bo. Uh, now, now we got to exercise the next demon, which is the Tennessee Titans, who were the Houston Oilers' last playoff win we had before last week. We're just taking them off the list now, baby. All right. Well, thank you, Nick. Thanks for calling in. By the way, you can go to the website. We have a uh, Bengals-inspired T-shirt there. Also, uh, an Aaron Rodgers T-shirt as well. Uh, Mike in Florida. Hi, Mike. What's on your mind today? How you doing, Lieutenant Dan? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Mike. Um, a longtime Rams fan, and I was told not to be- mention the best of, but here it is. Best of Monday was the Rams kicking ass last night. And the worst of was, how about the Eagles not handing me a home game? Couldn't they handle their business? Thanks for calling, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Mike. You called me. Uh, what was the second part of that? I, I don't know. It was all one word, it felt like. Something about the Eagles couldn't handle something. He was going to handle something. Business. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. Yes, Paul. I got a question. If you're, um, if you're Byron Leftwich, you're the offensive coordinator of Tampa, Okay, he's, he seems like a kind of hot prospect right now. If you're Tom Brady, do you push or promote him for jobs? Yes. But then you lose him. 
Yeah, but that's Tom has to if if he the right truly, thing. Yeah, if he cares about Byron Leftwich, then yeah, he would be promoting him. But wouldn't there be something inside to say, man, I, I don't want to lose this guy yet. Things are going really smoothly down here. I may have one more year left. Can we wait a year, Byron, to, to leave? Mm-hmm. That'd be a tough one if I was the quarterback. Well, Tom had a great year uh, statistically, and and I think Leftwich is going to be a head coach one day. But I would think a recommendation from Tom. You know, Tom. Uh, has recommended guys to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, Taylor with the Dolphins, Jason Taylor. Tom, you know, that was the the letter of recommendation came from Tom with a divisional rival. And if Tom would say, hey, if Jacksonville, you want to, you want to get, now this is a guy who can help develop your quarterback. That's that's what I need. I, I need to have great quarterback play with the Jags. I got to find out what I have here with Trevor Lawrence and Byron Leftwich being with Tom Brady. I like that. Now I, I am a broken record on this. There are certain guys who aren't head coaches. They're great as coordinators, but as a head coach, there's, you know, there's completely different skills that are needed than just being a coordinator coordinator. You just deal with the offense or the defense or special teams coach got to deal with everything and the media. Yeah, draft pick, salary cap, uh, free agency. There's a whole lot attached to that. I don't know if Byron Leftwich, if, you know, he's somebody's programmed that way. Maybe he's just an offensive-minded guy. He's a former uh, quarterback in college, played in the NFL. But I would think a ringing endorsement for Tom Brady. Although we saw Patrick Mahomes do that with Eric Bieniemy, and it didn't help Eric Bieniemy. Yes, Todd. To Paulie's point, can't Brady's recommendation be, you know what, in about two, three years, Byron Leftwich is going to be a great head <laughs> yeah. coach. He's just not ready just yet. In the next few years when I'm retired, go after him. He's okay, I like that. Yeah. I, hey, you know, Byron goes to Tom, hey, if you could put in a good word, sure, I'll do that. And then all of a sudden, Byron Leftwich tells his family, hey, Tom's going to put in a good word. Yeah, I just want to talk about Byron Leftwich being a head coach. I think in three years from now, he's going to be a really good head coach. He's a year away. Yeah. And then you see Byron as you get off the podium. You go, how, how did I do? You know? Yeah, Paul. And the Jaguars job will be open every other year at the, <laughs> at the earliest. Um, Bengals Titans Saturday afternoon. Niners Packers Saturday night. It'll be the Rams Buccaneers Sunday afternoon. Bills Chiefs Sunday night. Is weather going to be a factor in any of these matchups, either rain or wind or snow? I got uh, 16 degrees at kickoff in Green Bay. I, I don't see snow. A little too chilly for snow, 16 degrees. Yeah, that's not bad. Arrowhead, I got 38 degrees at kickoff, which is no big deal. Uh-huh. Any rain? in the? How about Tennessee? What's going on in Nashville? I, oh. got, uh, I got 35 degrees and clear. All right. What about Tampa? They had uh, rain with the Eagles. 64 degrees and partly cloudy. Ooh. Balmy. Okay. All right. Just how Tommy likes it. All right. We'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. Maurice Jones-Drew. He works uh, the Rams broadcast on radio. Been a while since we've talked to Mojo. He'll join us, give us his assessment of just how good this Rams team is. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van can be yours, and it's really easy. All you have to do is go to danpatrick.com, and you can enter. You'll get the official rules, chance to win the amazing Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van that Seton is going to be taking cross-country. It's already going to be show-used. 
Makes it more valuable, I think, knowing that Seton and the French kid. That you know what? Keep, don't don't do the no pants on and you're sitting on the the seat or any of that stuff. <laughs> no, no I'm not, I'm not, I'm usually a pants on kind of guy. Okay, yeah, Just, I'm not that comfortable. Well, who knows? You and the French kid get on the road, get pretty loose. Yep, Mercedes Benz Sprinter van, and uh, you can go off road with this thing. You could just all of a sudden say, I'm kind of checking out on life. Mercedes-Benz, they got uh, innovative safety features, crosswind assist, blind spot assist, five-star dealer network. You got the uh, MBUX voice command system. They got it all. Go to danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com by February 2nd and your chance to win that Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. More phone calls coming up. Update our poll results. Are we staying with the same poll question in hour two that we had in hour one, Paulie? It appears so. Um, you, want a, you want a freshie? Well, no. Why don't you give me the results? Is this the Kyler Murray poll question? Oh, the Kyler Murray, 85%. It was a quickie. 85% have a less of a view of him than they did before the game. Mm, okay. Big drop-off. Okay. We're very reactionary. Yes, we are. And then the second one was, which team felt the least playoff-ish? Ish, ish. And it was the Eagles. Okay. Kind of, they, they basically no-showed. Do you have another poll question? Moments away. Okay. Thank you. That means he doesn't, but that's okay. I'll, I'll buy you some time. Let me bring in Maurice Jones-Drew, NFL nice. Network Analyst. He also uh, does the Rams Radio Color Analyst as, as well. You can follow him, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, on Twitter, at MJD. How are you doing this morning? Um, I'm, doing, I'm doing great, actually. I finally got a chance to uh, get a chance to call in and talk to you. It's been a while. Yeah, I, and uh, I appreciate you getting up early after the game last night. What were your expectations? Last night, um, you know, I, I think there there were there were two times that, that obviously this year the Rams split with the the Cardinals. So you saw early in the year where the Cardinals were hot and defensively did a great job of uh, you know forcing Stafford off his spot, and then you know obviously getting interceptions, and then on their side of the ball that's early in the year, Kyler Murray kind of took over the game, utilizing his legs, running, and then there was a second time where the Rams kind of dominated from start to finish. And so was a little concerned when you saw J.J. Watt coming back and, you know, um, defensively they, they've done a really good job. Vance Joseph's done a really good job of getting those guys in position to make plays. But if you watch the Cardinals down the stretch, they, they struggled the last five games. So expectation was if the Rams started fast, you know, you probably could jump on them and, you know, um, get them, uh, kind of get them out and have a little doubt set in their mind there and, that's what they did. It, it really started from the Rams' defense, whose secondary was banged up. You're starting uh, some guys that are uh, Terrell Burgess, Nick Scott. Those are core special teams guys who ended up starting at safety for the Rams. And kudos to Raheem Morris for getting those guys prepared. And and, and Eric Weddle coming in after retirement. You know, to be honest with you, um, I, I told Sean McVay uh, after the game, well, I, I kind of like joked around, but I was l- a little serious that if you guys keep getting retired guys, like, let me just let me know so I can get in shape. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to go too far. I'm right here calling the games for you. I know the offense. I've, I've been watching. Um, but, no, look, gr- credit to those coaches and players for stepping up in a, in a huge game and, and playing really well. To, to get that first three and out and then get the ball and get some big explosive plays and then kind of start playing field position and, 
and go down and, and take the game over was huge. How important is the running game for the Rams? Oh, it, it's it, it's 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 underrated, I think, because when you see Matthew Stafford and Odell and Cooper Cup and those guys, like you're like, oh, they got to throw the ball, but you have to understand that offensive line needs to go forward, and they need to be able to weigh lean on guys. They're they're a bigger group. Um, they love the zone scheme, and and what what it does is it allows that that defense to kind of play on its heels a little bit with the play action pass, and so with the the addition of Cam Akers. And, you know, and like I said, I said this last night, no, no disrespect to Sonny Michelle and Daryl Henderson. They did a really good job this year. But Cam Akers comes in, it looks different. Yeah. And if you watch that game, the Rams just look different with Cam Akers there with his explosiveness, his elusiveness. Uh, and then the way he finishes his runs. Like, he finishes like Sonny Michelle. Um, and so when you got two guys that are going to run downhill and break tackles and run through guys, uh, it kind of it takes its toll on the defense, as you saw last night. Um, I'd also like to say this. I hope Buda Baker is okay. That was a big collision there. Um, and there were a couple of them in that game. Um, and, you know, you saw the Rams running backs fall forward. And so when you can run the ball the way the Rams did and you could utilize the play-action pass, Matthew Stafford had a clean pocket pretty much all night. And so – and let's not forget that they have, you know uh, – two premier pass rushers, possibly three of Marcus Golden, Chandler Jones, and J.J. Watt there rushing the quarterback. And I don't think Stafford got touched all night. So um, that, that, that that tells you how important that running game is. How does the this Rams team match up with the Buccaneers? Um, I think they match up well. Uh, I haven't really – I watched the Bucs last game. And before I had like to call games, I try to go a couple games back just to see how they're playing. Um, I know, obviously, they're, they're, they had a, they have a lot of injuries going on there. Um, obviously, the Antonio Brown situation. But, you know, they still have Gronkowski. You still have the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. You still have Mike Evans offensively. Uh, supposedly, we'll see if they get Leonard Fournette back. Um, but I, I think they match up well defensively for the Rams. They do a really good job of stopping the run. They have a guy that can lock up with Mike Evans. You're going to have to figure out a way how you're going to stop Gronkowski. And then offensively, you know you, you know what the task is. And I think Todd Bowles and, and has done a great job. I think that um, you know they're going to come out and kind of play. Man, I was just listening to what you were saying about the Eagles not being the, 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 or the least ready team for the playoffs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, look, you got to get off press, man, in the playoffs, right? People are going to be simple. They want to play fast. And, and if you're playing the Buccaneers, they're going to get in your face and try to beat you up a little bit. Um, and you have to be able to protect. And so it's going to be a big part of, of the Rams getting that running game going and being able to protect so that you can get these receivers um, out in space and, and try to make some plays. So it's, I think it's a good matchup for the Rams. Um, but you got to go to Tampa, and that's always tough to do to fly east to west and or west to east, excuse me, and, and get out there and play, play a game in, in a different environment and climate. Maurice Jones-Drew, NFL Network analyst and uh, works for the Rams radio color analyst and former NFL running back. You could start your team with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller in his prime. All of them in their prime. What do you want me to do, pick one? Yep. Oh, no, there's no way. Why? How, how, How can I pick one? In their prime, they're all dominant in their prime. You, you give you pick one, and I'll, I'll start a team with them. Okay, how about this? Give, give me how. Give me what the Rams have now, right? You see Von Miller show up big in the game. Aaron Donald shows up big. Jalen Ramsey's covering guys, making plays. It's tough to. It's. I, I don't think you can lose with that. 
in their prime, right? Yeah, but I'm asking Bob you, Miller, you're going to start oh, your team. It's a fantasy draft. It's tough, man. I, I would have to, you know, I'd have to say Aaron Donald then. I think interior pressure is the hardest thing for a quarterback to deal with. Now, you can double team him, yes, but still the guy dominates and changes games. We've seen double teams and triple teams. Um, and, you know, it happens. Von Miller, great job off the edge uh, when he was in his prime, but a quarterback can kind of step up if you don't have that, that pocket uh, that pocket being pushed back to him. And then if you have Jalen Ramsey, yeah, he shuts down half of the field, but if the quarterback has five or six seconds to throw, it kind of takes that away from him. So I think they, they all work together. But if I was going to pick one, it'd be Aaron Donald. Yeah, with it that's the right – Aaron Donald's the right call. Yeah. He did all right there. Trying to put me on the spot, man. You can't, you can't do that. You know, that's, that's my job, man. I got to talk to those guys. I if never they hear this. I, you know, I'm gonna have to answer to it. I never knew you to be afraid. Oh, never. It's not about being afraid. It's just, you know, I just don't like to. I don't like, you know, back in the day when I was much younger, I loved confrontation. Now I'm, I'm as I get older and more wise. It's more about just enjoying the peace, oh, peace of mind. Okay, all right. If I said J.J. I mean, Watt or Aaron Donald in their prime. Oh, I'm gonna take Aaron Donald all day. I played JJ Watt in his prime. And how was that? He played for the he played for the Texans. He was a monster, but he played for the Texans, so I can't give him no respect. <laughs> you know. Did you ever talk to anybody on defense? All the time. Talk to him all the time. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? You know. I mean, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a quick story about JJ Watt. We played him. I forget what year it was, but one time we played him in Houston. I swear it was like. We've tried to block him with seven people and he still got to the quarterback. And I was just like, dude, like, come on, bro. This is too much. Like, there's no way. There's no way this guy is just dominating all of us, right? Um, and so we tried to block him with eight, and that didn't work either. So we just figured we'll just do one-on-one and take our chances with my guy Blaine Gary back there. You just got to scramble and get the ball out. <laughs> uh, Blaine Gabbard is your quarterback. And I get to see Blaine this week. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Look at the football life, man. I get to see my guy Blaine this week. Got him a Super Bowl. You know, I'm excited. I get to learn behind Tom Brady. You know, he gets to compete there in Tampa. I love it. I'm all, I, this is what football is all about. It's about competing and still seeing the guys that you went to, to battle with every day, hanging out. Can't wait to take a picture with him and just say hello. I've, I missed him. How much of a, a factor can Derrick Henry be? coming back from what he came back from, and then you dive right into a playoff game? Oh, I, I mean, listen, it, I've always told people this about Derrick Henry. They always say, like, rate running backs. And they'll be like, why don't you ever talk about Derrick Henry? I was like, he's not a running back. He's a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. You'll never see that again. You'll never see anyone 6'3", 250 pounds, that big, that fast, running the football. So it's late. It's still late in the year, and, and he's had a couple weeks of practice, which he should be good to go. He may have a little rust early in the game. But this is the thing. If the Cincinnati Bengals don't stop his feet early, if you don't get him to, like, stutter his steps uh, within the first couple yards of the line of scrimmage, you're going to have a long day because he's just going to run downhill. That's all he's going to do is just keep running downhill, and by the time the game's over, he'll break a, a long one. Um, I know his foot injury is a tough one, but, you know, with, with the way, you know, technology is and surgeries and guys who saw Cam Akers just came back from Achilles in, like, six months, like, I, he'll be fine. And to me, he's going to be a he's going to be a handful in the playoffs. He, he's going to be a handful. Not only he's going to be a handful, 
A.J. Brown will be a handful, and Julio is going to show up as well in a timely situation, I guarantee it. Because they don't, they don't need Julio, but he gives them that, like, you go on single, you're just going to cover Julio one-on-one. Okay, well, he's going to get a jump ball here. So uh, the addition of Derrick Henry in that running game uh, is going to be something that teams are going to have to deal with, and Cincinnati's first up with it. Will Tom Brady know your name if he sees you? Come on. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? You don't think me and Tom, me and Tom, we're from the same area. We've talked. Okay. Tom knows me. Okay. I just, I, you know, like, uh, just, I'm just curious. No, man. See, now, you know, see, you, 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 you act as if I just, you know, I just call games on, on radio for the Rams and then I, I, I work for the NFL Network as if I, we weren't peers. You know, <laughs> there was one time, there's a story, one time I was working at the NFL, they were playing the Giants and Tom looked me in my eyes and he said, Maurice. How have you been? And I looked at Tom like, hey, man, how have you been? And you want to hear a funny story about it? You know, like, you want to know why Tom knows me more than anything? Tom's uncle, Chris, was my principal in high school. So Tom really knows. Me, me and Tom are kind of like that. You know, we're, we're kind of close. Closer than you would think. No. Uh, you, you know, know my, we got family ties. My apologies. Okay. My, I'm just trying to make sure you know. That's what And then all the football stuff, he's going to know me regardless, but – we got family ties. It's yeah. different. By the way, what what size is your neck? I don't know, man. I'm trying to lose it, though. I think it was at one point it was like an 18 and a half, 19. So I'm trying to get, you know, to regular size. What's a regular neck? What size is a regular neck? Uh, probably 15, 16. Okay, so I'm going to try to get down there. I'm going to try to get, you know, I may want I may even get skinnier than that. I may try to go to like a 12. How do you how do you lose weight in your neck? Uh, well, I think it's, you know, what you eat and doing a lot of neck exercises, possibly. <laughs> I, you know, I think you well, go from, from traps to ears. You don't really have a neck. You know, I was, I, and I tell people this, I was bred for football, you know, some people are bred for other things. Your boy, I was built. I was created in a lab, <laughs> in my mother's lab to play football. What's your okay? official height and weight? Uh, like right now or like when I played? Playing weight. Playing weight. Oh, oh, I was like 5'7", 208. Between 208 and 215. Oh, you seem to play bigger than that. Uh, again, like Derrick Henry, I was a unicorn. You know, <laughs> you can't just put the average running backs, you know what I mean? I know what it's like to be a unicorn in the game. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, you know, I, I hope you and Tom get to uh, renew old acquaintances there. And uh, always great to hear from you. Uh, always good to hear from you as well. I appreciate it. And hey, go Rams. Thank you. That's Mojo, Maurice Jones-Drew, NFL Network Analyst at MJD. Was that the Miami Super Bowl when we first met him, when he came to our set? Dallas or Miami? I thought it was Miami. We were at the Clevelander. Okay. And he showed up and there was no no PR people, no on no just nothing. He just kind of walked up to the set and uh sat down and uh we've enjoyed his his uh friendship for a long long time. He was asking for advice when he was going to get engaged. I remember one time he was asking me what he should do. Yeah, Paul. Didn't we have him on from Egypt right after he got yes, engaged? Yeah. Called him from Egypt. Yeah. He had a really good career, 8,000 rushing yards, three-time Pro Bowler. And he didn't play for good teams either. No. But 
And and it, didn't he did he get hurt? Yeah, after the 2011 season, he started getting banged up. 2011, he had 343 carries for 1,600 yards. He also had 350 catches in his career. Real nice career. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll take a break. Phone call's coming up. It looks like uh, the Lakers could be, could be, in store for a new head coach here. Feels like Frank Vogel is teetering on the brink. We'll talk about that right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. If you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game, what's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. So make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live wherever Get your podcast from. Henry Yokoharu lost it. Here's Larkin. Went to go back Fabry's way. Was knocked down by the Sabres, but he finds Letty. Letty back to Larkin. Rister scores! Dylan Larkin and the Red Wings sweep the season series from Buffalo as they win it 3-2. to That's courtesy of Bally Sports Detroit. That is your Discover card play of the day. Real credit card questions require real people. Somebody who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based reps. Available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. All right, here's the news from The Athletic. Frank Vogel narrowly avoided being fired in the wake of the 37-point loss in Denver on Saturday. Sources tell uh, Sam Amick and uh, Bill Oram. It's unclear how much Monday's win over the Jazz relieved the pressure that surrounds him. If they lost to Utah, does Frank Vogel lose his job? Is it a game-by-game? If it's a game-by-game situation, then fire him. Like, be fair to him. If 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 they if the Jazz somehow go on a eight eight to nothing run and they end up winning that game, then Frank Vogel loses his job. I mean, just fire him. But that's according to the Athletic that uh, he he was coaching for his job last night or Monday night. Yeah, did he forget how to coach? Like, seemed to be doing a pretty good job here. He's the reason why they're a 500 team. <laughs> he is. What if they lose to the Pacers tomorrow night? Are they? Is he back on the day to game to game basis? Or is that a home game against the Pacers? Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, the Lakers last three games uh, they lost to Memphis, they lost to the Kings, and they got smoked by the Nuggets. Yeah. And the day after, or a couple hours after, LeBron actually posted an apology for that game. I'm not big on athletes apologizing, mm-hmm. unless you weren't trying or. Don't well, apologize. Yeah. Apologize to Frank Vogel when he gets fired. Hey, yeah. sorry. Sorry we let you down. Uh, Lakers home against the Pacers. Then they go on the road, a long road trip. Uh-oh. Orlando, Miami, Brooklyn, Philly, Charlotte, Atlanta. Uh-oh. Yikes. Uh-oh. You know, that talk of James Harden going to Philadelphia is resurfacing. 
It's 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 been lingering there a long time because Daryl Morey had James in Houston, and now that he's the GM in Philadelphia, and you know, will the Nets take Ben Simmons? That's you know, you got to get a swap here with salaries, and it just feels like that is still lingering there. That somehow the 76ers could get James Harden and Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons doesn't get traded, Ben Simmons doesn't play the rest of the year. He would he would take the entire year off. Yeah, Paul. I don't want to be mean spirited here, but do we, would you like to play the Frank Vogel game? What's the Frank Vogel game? Well, sounds like we're playing the Frank Vogel game. No offense, of course. He makes more than me. He's doing fine. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers play at the Brooklyn Nets one week from today. Oh, are you going to? Will he be the coach or not? Will he be the coach? No. January twenty fifth, uh, national TV, TNT. Lakers at Nets. We don't know who's playing in that game, believe me. But we don't... Who's coaching? Remember Jason Kidd was the coach in waiting? That they hired him and, and we thought, well, it's a matter... Well, Jason Kidd's in Dallas. That's <laughs> not going to happen. Who's on the staff there that they could promote? They got, a, they got a couple of assistant coaches who have head coaching experience. Luke Walton's available. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work out. <laughs> uh, Frank Vogel. Oh, oh, this is, well, no offense. Nothing, nothing against Frank Vogel. We like him. He's been on the show. He's a good guy. We, do, we do not want to get fired. David Fizdale's assistant Oh, Fizzinator. Yeah. Okay. Miles Simon is up on the squad. You know, I talked to Doug Gottlieb about Miles, and he said Miles is going to be a head coach one day in the NBA. And I always go back to that national title game when Arizona won the national title. And he wouldn't do an interview with me after the game because he said the media didn't think we could win the national championship. And I remember going to Lute Olson, his coach, and I said, uh, Miles tends, uh, he thinks that I represent the media and that, uh, you know, we, we didn't think Arizona could win. And he goes, he's not talking to you? I go, no. And then he goes, I'll talk to him. And Miles never did the, the interview with me after the game. But I, I always found that curious that it was like, you didn't pick us. And I go, uh, I, my job is not to pick. Uh, I'm trying to avoid playing the Frank Vogel game. It's mean-spirited. We don't want anyone to get fired. It, do you fire somebody on the road or do you fire somebody at home? Well, no, I'm, I mean, I'm being serious. Like, if you don't want Frank Vogel to be your coach, if, if, he's, if he could have lost his job last night, then fire him. Yes, he Is it a fired on the plane ride home situation? Mm. Would you rather be fired in Orlando, Miami, or Brooklyn socially? Like, you can go out. Miami. Yeah, Miami. Miami. I'd rather or, get fired in Miami. Orlando, you can have the kids come, pick off a couple <laughs> of Disney days, get those park hopper passes. Yeah. Uh, yes, Todd. <laughs> Depending on how you may take the news, fire a coach at home. He can go home to his family, and they can you know, be upset together. You, you don't do it. He's got to first fly with this on his head that he lost his job. What is he going to tell the wife on a cross-country flight, especially if you're after the Nets game? Just wait. To, you know, the least you could do is do it at home so he can just be in his own bed and deal with the fact that he's no longer the coach. Thank you, Todd. Back to you, Mr. Well, I, I think if you're going to do it, fire him before the road trip. That's all. Just... If you're at that point, then fire. I mean, then everybody is going to be asking him questions. Every stop. Hey, are you coaching for your job? Do you feel like you're coaching for your job? Why are you coaching for your job? 
Every stop, that's not fair to him. Not fair. Yeah, Paul. If you're Rob Plink of the GM, you're getting on the team bus to go to the plane, to oh, go to no. Orlando. Oh, no. I know. It Raise your hand if no. you're heading to Orlando <laughs> with the team. Not so fast, Coach. Frank, no. You don't make a bit out of it. Oh. You're not saying I'm saying it. Yeah. I like Frank Vogel. He seems like a nice no, guy. I, it's, I thought that he didn't get enough credit when they won. Now he's going to get more blame because they're not winning. Yeah, Paul. I once sat next to a fired head coach. I think I've told you this before. It was the NCAA tournament years ago. Remember John Calipari was fired by the New, New Jersey Nets? Yeah. He got fired that morning, and he went in to clean out his office, and there were games at the Continental Center or whatever, the Meadowlands Arena. Yeah. I ended up sitting next to him and a couple other guys, and he just got fired, and everyone's like, what are you doing here? I was cleaning out my office. I saw there was games going on. He went and watched the games. He had his meal money. Like he had a like a couple thousand dollars worth of meal money, they gave him cash, yeah. and he starts spending it buying stuff like from the vendors and giving out to people on the stands. It was it was weird. John Calipari was had just been fired, and you wonder what could have happened if John Calipari drafted Kobe Bryant, because didn't they take Kerry Kittles, and 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 you know, and the story was that Kobe was not going to go. You didn't want to play there. And and maybe he wouldn't have, or you know, they would have had to trade his rights. But or if, if Rick Pitino had gotten Tim Duncan, <laughs> like how how careers would have changed. I mean, if, if if Calipari gets Kobe with the Nets instead of Kerry Kittles, or Pitino gets Tim Duncan, the impact that that would have on everybody's career, amazing. Uh, Mike and Dayton, hey Mike, thanks for holding. What's on your mind? Hey, how we doing, Dan? Great, Mike. Awesome, Dan. That's fabulous day. Hey, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on uh, the Sasquatch sighting up there in Buffalo. Uh, we had Ryan, Pat, Ryan Fitzpatrick partying in the stands with Bill's Mafia shirtless, cheering for a win. I loved it. Uh, Fritzy reached out to him. We wanted to get him on, but he's up there. He bought a ticket to the game. He's shirtless, and I don't know if his career is over, but he does – play i think technically are still a member of the washington football team but he was up there and he wanted to experience the bills mafia and watch that game against the patriots like you look at it and you go that's photoshopped and then you go well that guy really looks like ryan fitzpatrick and then you go that is ryan fitzpatrick yeah paul wouldn't it be great if a guy like him just called up the Bills and said you know make me your backup quarterback for the next three years pay me the league minimum I'll just hang out here. Yeah, he's not playing. You got Mitchell Trubisky there. He's not going to beat him. Oh, out. Trubisky is yeah. white hot in the offseason. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You can't help but think when a coach gets fired, is there a scenario worse than what happened to Lane Kiffin? Like everybody on the team playing. Uh, no, Lane, you're here. You stay on the tarmac. He got fired in an office at the airport. Like, hey, uh, come on in. Uh, what security? Uh, no, no, come on in. You won't be joining us as we head back to campus. TJ Watt coming up. One more item. We close out hour two. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation broke ground on its Do Good Village in Land Lakes, Florida. It's the first of its kind, a community of 110 homes for the foundation's program recipients. So together, families can heal. It's a special place where families know their neighbors. They, they understand them. They care for them. A community where the children of our nation's fallen or catastrophically injured heroes can grow and experience life together. The Foundation's Do Good Village 
is going to help these families beyond measure. And it's all thanks to and it's all thanks to an extraordinary donation of many acres of land and your generosity. Help America's greatest heroes and their families heal together. Make the Do Good Village the first of many communities like it. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. Tunnel to Towers. Thank you.